Welcome to Why Though the Podcast. <laughs> we did it. That Baby. was amazing. <laughs> Hello, Destiny Johnson. Hello, Lizzie Acker. In person oh in the bush. Oh my gosh, amazing. Can you guys dream. believe it? We're here together. Back Same together state. in action um, after um, five weeks. Over a month. Yeah, because yeah. we kept taking turns going to the other side of the country. We sure did. Um, I'm back and um, so delighted to report that the weather here in Portland is nothing like the weather in Florida. Mm. Thank God. The weather here in Portland today is superb. It, it's it's really great. I, I did put on a sweater a little preemptively, I will say. Um, yeah, I got out to the car and I was like, Meh. I was hopeful. Yeah, it's one of those like... Maybe wear a sweater in the morning, you're sweating yes. by afternoon. But this is a very light sweater, so it's very cute. Um, you're very cute. I think the picture that is on Why Though, this is the same outfit. Yes. Yeah. So shout out to Matt's outfit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yes, I'm so glad to be back. Oh my gosh. Me Oregon. too. What a dream. I know. The water here, so soft. Oh, my hair when in beautiful. Florida, not, not, not the business. Back in Oregon. I'm a Pantene commercial, y'all. <laughs> so I like. Um, I feel like lately, every time I like ride ride my bike into the neighborhood, or drive into the neighborhood, or walk around my neighborhood, I'm like, I love it here. Yeah, I like it, love the flowers. I love the trees. I love the sky. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, and I'm also real. fully ready for twilight season as oh, i call yeah. it like twilight the movie for the record um ready for that to happen as well i think oregon and portland in particular like great with seasons mm-hmm. honestly um not a bad one in the bunch but fall is it's so pretty great nice if you think wow oregon people talking about the weather come here experience Welcome. it yeah yeah come check it out um, we have unfortunately something a little less chipper oh, to talk yeah. about as a topic um typically this podcast, as you know, thanks for tuning in, um, is a podcast version of Lizzie's advice column where people write her questions and she gives incredible advice on it. But um, today, not because well, we didn't have a question. We, we have actually, one. yeah, actually, the, the this week's column, mm-hmm. if you're interested, a listener and a reader, mm-hmm. um, is a reader response. Yes. So I have, um, I had a, co- a column and podcast a couple weeks ago. We talked about a neighbor, a screaming neighbor. I, you mm-hmm. may remember. You can go back and listen to it, read it. Um, and I got a lot of responses. So I'm putting those in the column and I suggest you read that column. It comes Please out do. on Tuesday. And you can go to or- the Oregon. No, that's not where you would go. You'd go OregonLive.com slash Y though. W-H-Y-T-H-O, the cool way. Yep. And you will find there all the columns, all the podcasts, and everything you could possibly want. And if you're looking to get a hold of Lizzie to give her a question because you'd want her lovely advice. Or if you just want to chat. Yeah. Or if you just want to hear my thoughts on things, um, you should join our little text circle. Well, it's not a circle. It's more like a line from me to you and you to me. Mm -hmm. But um, if you want to do that, it is... It costs money. It's two. The first two weeks are free, but it's very cool. I'm going to text you. I'm going to text you like every day, unfortunately, or fortunately for you. <laughs> um, t- and you're going to just text the word advice to 503-751-8731. And then you click on the link and you subscribe and I will start texting you. And it really is me. The first one is an automated response. After that, it's me. Yeah, for real. Like, I, I just, I watched her do it with my eyeballs. So yeah. it's a real thing. I'm generally texting Destiny's mom, actually. <laughs> yeah, my mom is a part of it. Shout out, as always, Love to your mom. my mom. Yeah. Um, and 
you can do that. And I think you're going to have a lot to say, listeners, about what we're going to talk about today because it is something from the zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, if it, you're not aware, I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, let's hear about it. Okay. So I don't know about you, Lizzie, but mm-hmm. there was a time that I was very prolifically consuming YouTube. I still consume mm-hmm. a lot of YouTube, but I was like very into the YouTube culture, if mm-hmm. you will. I never watched this channel that has come under fire and the woman who ran it. Um, it was called Eight Passengers, but I'm sure you're familiar with like family YouTube channels, right? Yeah, and actually, there's some the, uh, sort of a link between. I wasn't into the YouTube thing as much, and I didn't have children at that time, right. so I wasn't <laughs> into that. But you know, I was really into Mormon mommy blogs, like oh. so into Mormon mommy. Okay. There was a time, and this like was even before. A train wreck kind of into well, it. Well, no, I mean, this is like I'm gonna say 2008. 2000 to 2012 around there there were all this proliferation of of mormon mommy blogs where women were just like talking about their lives and their Mm. beautiful perfect children and everything and um it was actually basically a a a purposeful um like outreach from the mormon church they really encouraged this but it was um so intriguing to just like see how uh-huh. these people were a lot of them in utah as this woman who yes. we're about to talk about utah pretty lots of kids mm. like all in their matching out the mormon way and you're like i don't want it but there's something about it that is mm-hmm. can't turn away yeah it's the aesthetic i mean i i would mm-hmm. argue that some mormon family bloggers uh were sort of the very beginning of like the child aesthetic so you see a lot of on instagram now right it's all moved to instagram absolutely um so we're going to talk about the eight passengers youtube mm-hmm. channel that is no longer but was really popular um began in uh 2015 and it was run by the frank family There's, has been arrested with her colleague um jody hildebrandt on six counts of aggravated child abuse of two of her six children um, if you're not aware of this situation, um, this is from the Associated Press. Uh, police were made aware of the issue when Frank's 12-year-old son climbed out of the window of Hildebrandt's home, where Frank, Ruby Frank, and Jody Hildebrandt both were, um, to go to a nearby house to ask for water. Um, he had tape on his ankles, which caused those people to call police. Um, and he had deep lacerations from being tied up with rope, as according to the Associated Press, this came from prosecutors. Um, he also appeared malnourished. The daughter, who is 10 years old, was found also malnourished in the Hildebrand's home. And so those two children and the other two minors have been taken into um, protective care. Uh The other two of the six kids, like I said, are adults, one of which um, has a social media uh, account on Instagram. Um, She's 20. Her name's Sherry. And she um, posted when her mom was arrested. She said, finally, she posted a story. And then she came out and said that her and other loved ones um, have been trying to alert authorities to what's allegedly been going on in the home for a long time. And that this was a long time coming and that she hasn't had contact with her family in a long time. Um, This isn't the first time that Franks have come under like fire from the public this is the first uh legal issue that the public knows about but when they had that youtube channel that was like really popular in 2015 um it went on for seven years they uh came under fire for a lot of like their decisions and you said you had heard about a couple of them like the, yeah like, well, a lunch I started, issue. yeah actually it's so interesting because like before this arrest these sort of started popping up in my um tiktok uh, okay. which i like so i'd never heard of her before yeah and me neither, um, really 
And there was one that I thought was especially disturbing where she's basically talking about how the school just called her because I believe the AP said it was a kindergartner. Mm -hmm. Her kindergarten daughter showed up without a lunch. And I don't think it was the first time. Um, don't quote me on that. But um, she was like really upset because she's like, the school is getting involved. I, um, my daughter has to make her own lunch. She's a kindergartner. Mm -hmm. She has to make her own lunch. And she knows if she doesn't, then she goes hungry, which is like outrageous. Yeah. So for any first time listeners, I'm a childless spinster. Lizzie <laughs> has a kid. I have a kid, but so I'm also a human being. Yeah. No, I, I and I've worked as a with children spinster. and you have known children. <laughs> yes, I absolutely have. And, yeah. And I and still I think, think it's absurd. Like, it, of course, the school is going to call and be like, your daughter needs to have a lunch. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what it doesn't she sh she's not responsible for that you are you're her parent mm -hmm. and the school is going to give her lunch right they're not going to let a child go hungry um because that's illegal mm -hmm. like that's just not gonna happen yeah they're tr they're trying to let you know that you need to bring your kid lunch right because you're making a problem now for other people right essentially at the very least at the most you're kind of like embarrassing your kid who isn't even old enough to understand that kind of punishment i don't think no I i'm mean, not a child it doesn't psychiatrist even, doesn't even make sense right as a i mean that's also like not punishment that's torture mm -hmm. you know there's like uh, some things that you as a parent you're like the basics the very basic basics are making sure your kids are physically safe mm -hmm. and like fed and making sure that your kids understand that those things are non-negotiable. Right. Right. That's, I think, a very intrinsic part of it. Like, just doing it isn't enough. Your kids need to know that right. they're safe. And this wasn't the only issue. So, like, they also came under fire because they uh, allegedly, according to them, their own yeah, yeah, admission yeah, they said on their this. YouTube, yeah. that um, the oldest son, who's now 18, uh, at the time, he played a prank on one of his younger brothers and was not able to use his room for seven months and had to sleep on a beanbag chair and like I was a teenager sleep t parents and sleep and teenagers is sometimes like this weird clashing but like teenagers need sleep their yeah. bodies are doing wild things their brains have to be on for many many hours a mm -hmm. day through social things through school through navigating the world they need to eat you know we all know that they're bottomless pits and they yeah. need to sleep and they need good quality sleep and yeah. sleeping on a a beanbag for seven months is mm -hmm. absurd. I don't, it's not illegal, but it's absurd. And I mean, a the, lot of the yeah. things that they were doing seemed like this. Right. And if that's what they're willing to put on YouTube. Right. Like what are they? I mean, I guess like, you know, it's interesting this morning well, in my texts, if you're, you know, in the text, <laughs> I was thinking it was the first day of school. I dropped my child off at school. I mean, mm -hmm. Montessori school. She's four. No, she's not even four. She's three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> about to be four. But, um, I was thinking, oh, does it make me a bad mom that I'm so happy she's going back to school? So I was, that's what I was texting about. But I was thinking, you know, I think normal moms feel often like they're bad moms for all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those things are based off of things that we see in the zeitgeist and in media and like other people's portrayal of their perfect, right. their perfect lives. Um, but the real bad moms are the ones who are doubling down and never consider themselves bad moms Ugh, you know it, the real yeah. bad moms are people i mean i think it's pretty messed up to um use your children for content to begin with this even is, yeah even if it's good you know even if you're not literally committing child abuse on youtube mm -hmm. i don't think 
that using your kid for content is ethical. This was the heart of the question I wanted to get at for the advice, essentially. Obviously, yeah. this is something to talk about. It's a hot button issue right now. You yeah. guys can go find more about it on any given news site right now. But um, I was going to ask you, as somebody with a kid, I have opinions <laughs> also, about like, it. Also, I do sometimes use my kid as content, right? Like, I mean... You have a private I, Instagram, so I have you a private know who's Instagram. looking at it. Yeah, I have a private Instagram, but I write stories about my kid. Mm -hmm. I do. I write about her. Um, I do go on trips with her, and I write about it. I go on trips with her, and I write about it. I, um, you know, sometimes she helps me review things. Like, mm -hmm. she's helped me review ice cream or hopscotch, PDX, you know, like mm -hmm. art. Um, I, I try really hard to make sure it's not, like, a full-face picture of her, for mm -hmm. one thing. Um I'm not, I'm not recording video of her and putting it out there, mm -hmm. you know, in that way, you know, maybe, and I'm sure there's people who think what I'm doing is totally wrong, but I, th I think there, I, I don't think, I think there's a difference because I'm, I'm not like putting her fully out there like that. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know what, in 10 years we can have her on the podcast I love that. and be like, no, we no, what do you think? talked about you when you were a little yeah. bean. I mean, it's, it's impossible for me not to talk about her. So I do see, sure. I do see the, the desire to use your kids as content on like YouTube or TikTok. And it's actually super lucrative. My question is ultimately, and I think you're kind of getting to this, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's, this wouldn't be such a large news story if she hadn't used her kids during the good the bad when they were so sick when they were meant to be going to right. the ER when when they were upset and didn't want to be around or on a camera or whatever if they weren't so prolifically on the internet because their parents put them on the internet right. this wouldn't be a huge news, news story it would be a sad local area story right. right yeah but it's such a big news story because they robbed their kids of privacy for many many years right. and that I is ultimately my question can you share your child on social media without violating their privacy and yeah. in my opinion and i mean we've talked about yeah, this yeah. before kids deserve autonomy and yeah. privacy that is appropriate to their age level right i mean kids are people right <laughs> they are not a big voting block because of the laws yeah. but um they are human <laughs> beings and yeah. i th i totally agree i mean i think there's a, f a huge spectrum of what of how people deal with this i know lots of people who don't even put their kids on instagram mm -hmm. on a private instagram right um and then you know there's obviously to this extent where people are making money off of their kids and there's a lot of it on tiktok i mean i think mm -hmm. it used to be big youtube and now like there's a lot of people who um they show their kids doing funny things or i mean talk about their children's illnesses mm -hmm. that's a really big one um and they they make money off of it and i mean I, kids I don't think that they are capable of consent. Right. Um, I, I don't know if you ever saw, there's a documentary about child actors a while ago. Mm -mm. Um, so it's really good. And if I could remember the name, it's named after the, the, it's the name of the documentary is the name of the um, apartment complex in LA where a lot of child actors live when they're like, Wild. like trying to break in. And after watching that documentary, I thought, it is child abuse to let children be actors. You know, it's not, they are not capable of consenting mm -hmm. to that. They're being put in totally adult situations in this incredibly public way that they can't, they'll have no control over. 
um, you know, once you're 18 or, I mean, I guess we could probably even say 16 or something like that, you, you can, you have some sense. I mean, your brain's not fully formed, but at least you have some autonomy. But if you're like three or five or eight, you don't even have a concept of what it means to put your image out there. Right. So I guess when I, you know, use Nona, that's her name. I say her name, (laughs) you know, like I, I try to make it, um, first of all, I'm curating it. I'm I'm using some quotes from her or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's not like a video of her worst moments right. or like her, I'm not going to like post a video of her having a meltdown online right. or um you know <laughs> swimming. Yeah, I don't know. Like people mm-hmm. put all these things up and they don't really think about how that feels um to that human. And I can tell you from the other side of the spectrum, I mean, I'm 30 Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be 31 soon. And (laughs) um, my birthday's next month. Y'all remember. Um, Hey, happy birthday next month. Thank you so much. My birthday's this month. I know. So exciting. (laughs) We're both Libras, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Libra city. um, Maybe we should get a a star person in for our birthday time. Ooh, we really should, yeah. We'll we'll reach out. Anyways, um, from being on the other side of it, I have been, I mean, I was putting my face on the internet mm-hmm. so early yeah um and it's you know it started on myspace uh-huh. and it went to facebook and i've been on every social media platform twitter um right. and i think like my 12 year twitterversary just passed which is like amazing <sighs> disgusting <laughs> and absurd but like right. um so there are even before i invited it and now i'm a journalist so you have the public has somewhat unfettered access to me. Yeah. Um, I don't have any private social media accounts because mm-hmm. I just put all of my stuff out there. I don't right. put anything inappropriate on my social media channels. <laughs> but, like, people can message me whatever they want. Yeah. They can say whatever they want. Yeah. And now that they have unfettered access to me, it is a lot worse. But when I was a kid, I mean, adults have access to you. Right. They can say things to you. They can pretend to be right. children. And because you're a child, you don't know. Right. You know, like, I would say that I was a pretty and many people in my life would agree with this quote unquote mature child yeah. right you start to get into some iffy territory when oh, the kids certainly. think they're too big for their britches yeah. and i definitely did and that was encouraged by the adults around me who treated me like an adult because mm-hmm. i was a smart kid and they didn't want to infantilize me mm-hmm. thus they let me dick around on the internet right i'm lucky that i didn't make any bad decisions but yeah. i'm sure i was talking to some real oh, yeah. weirdos out there oh god the yeah. first place i remember publicly being on the internet was a harry potter forum mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. would never know who's behind those things oh yeah you know what i mean like it's just you just don't yeah. know who's out there and f- i'm telling you from being on the internet mm-hmm. people are gross the gross ones are out there you will see some cute children videos i get a lot of like farm content mm-hmm. online like i mm-hmm. like farm animals and um, so sometimes you'll see like little cute little kids like out stomping in the mud right, on the yeah, farm yeah. or whatever. Those videos have so many likes and so many saves. Yeah. For what? Yeah. Why? For what? And if you're not yeah. asking that question as a parent, I have some tough questions for you about yeah. the internet. Right. It's just so alarming and yeah. so scary. I don't even have a real life child, but I have anxiety about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, I, um, I've been on the internet also for yeah. a very long time. I mean, we were in chat AOL chat rooms yes. when I was like 11. Um, ASL. 
AOL. Age, ASL, A- age, sex, location. Oh, yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Lying about that. Ooh, yeah. Same. For <laughs> sure. Same. Big same. And probably just, hopefully, just talking to other 11-year-olds, um, trying to have, I don't know. I'm not even going to get into it. But you know yeah. what I mean? We were doing, the thing Child is, like, let, let's, let's be honest. Like, 11-year-olds are very curious right. individuals. Even when we didn't have the internet, we were looking up words in the dictionary. Right. You know, so. Trying to look at magazines and shit yeah. like that. I mean. Yeah. So now it's like a completely different world. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have been a very public person since, I mean, even always, you yeah. know, like I write really openly and honestly about my mm. life. You can, f- I don't have any secrets. I appreciate if you, that about you. Yeah. <laughs> you can find out anything about me. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, I remember telling uh, our boss when she hired me something and I was like, and she was like, I know I read that on the internet, Lizzie, <laughs> you know, like not a surprise. Um, and yeah. So it's like, I made that choice for myself and I have been dealing with creeps on the internet since I was little young mm-hmm. and I know you know I remember the words of the first comment about my body on a on a on a story I wrote mm-hmm. and um like oh look another saggy titted mission hipster I was young right that was not an accurate description <laughs> anyway um, if it were so out yeah, of pocket right. regardless uh but I that's a choice I've made for myself and I am capable of dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I'm maybe a little bit pathological. Like I like it. Mm -hmm. I like, um, I'm super glad we don't have the comment section anymore, but I used to get fully like revved up by people getting mad at me and talking shit about me, you know, like saying that mean things about me. If it's the right people saying the right dumb things that encourages me. Mm hmm. And that's just in the same way. That's how I am. Yeah. But I cannot expect a child to be that way. Right. And, and as I, the yeah. gatekeeper of everything for a child. Right. I mean, I'll ask this directly to you. Don't mm-hmm. you feel like a certain responsibility? Yeah. I mean, I'm the last me and her dad. I right. mean, and it's a good thing she has her dad yeah. <laughs> because because he's a lot saner than me. Yeah. I don't you know, to like ex- no, 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 him from the conversation. No, no, no. But it's like it's good. For me, because um, he's he is a much more private person. Yeah, you know, I'm, I maybe I can I'll say this, but um, like early, very early on in our relationship, he took he said everything I say to you is off the record. And I was like, <laughs> smart is man. That, is that off the record? I don't know, but very smart. Yeah. Nobody else ever said that to me, and that's why you will he not read find you immediately. <laughs> he was like, I know. He her. had gone on the internet. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's like, I don't want. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, very smart. Uh, why hold on to the smart ones? Yeah. Um. But so I mean, he's a he's a really good like also barometer of like what is and isn't okay. So yeah. I will run like if I'm writing a story like I took Nona on a trip, you know, mm-hmm. I will show him the pictures before I post them so he can decide. Right. Um. I mean, we can work together, of course, yeah, because yeah. um, I think she's the most here's what i understand also about parents is like i think she's the most beautiful brilliant hilarious mm-hmm. perfect human being to ever exist and i would love it if everyone else could see that mm-hmm. um because she's you know she's my baby mm-hmm. i love her she's amazing and she's a genius mm-hmm. just by the way yeah but um yeah so i can understand that impulse to share your child because mm-hmm. it 
because everyone feels everyone I hope everyone feels that way about their sure. kids um but we have to temper our impulses yeah and think about the world we actually live in mm-hmm. and and yeah the the right of any kid to, to their own privacy and their own experience like it's I can I feel like I maybe how I rationalize it to myself is like I can tell stories about my experiences with Nona you know I can talk about trips we take or whatever for my work I I consider myself a professional right (laughs) I mean I am a professional I get paid to write you know um so I don't think I I I think it I I trust myself right um and maybe you know what when she's older it's she's gonna tell me how she feels Mm -hmm. and I will respect that too maybe she'll tell me I was wrong and and she'll be mad at me and I I will be sorry (laughs) no no I love you um (laughs) But I also, I don't want to tell her story for her. You know what I mean? Right. And this is actually how I felt. You know, I have an MFA in fiction writing, but I mostly did creative nonfiction. And there's a a really big question that I think a lot of people who write creative nonfiction, which is, you know, like personal essays, whatever, Mm -hmm. like write about your life, um, contend with. And that is like, how do you write about other people? If you're right, and I have often come back to this, like I feel like I can write about my experience um, in that sense. I can write about it, things that happen to me from my perspective, mm-hmm. but I can never like um, try to tell somebody else's story, a real live person, you know, fiction mm-hmm. is a different whatever. Right. But in, crea- in, the, in the sense of writing about real things, I, um, I need to try to take out other people's motivation. I can say what happened to me, mm-hmm. but I can't say how they felt. Mm-hmm. And I think and I'm not, I haven't always been successful in that. And I, I don't, I think that's, it's a, a question that a lot of people who do, if you were in a creative nonfiction sort of like milieu, people would be like, what's ethical? And like, can right. I write about this thing? Do I have to wait till my grandma dies to write about this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, people do, but, um, so I guess I hope that, when Nona gets older, she either feels empowered to tell her story or not tell it. Right. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. up to her too. A lot of people are not compelled to tell you, you and me, we are journalists and we are these public facing people, but, but a lot of people aren't compelled to tell their own story. Yeah. You know, um, my mom mm-hmm. is, uh, changing careers right now. Mm-hmm. She's moving from being like a, a more active crime scene technician to a teach a teacher of it wow. because she's been doing it for so long. She loves to teach and she's incredibly good at it because she's very charming and people like her. Mm. Um, but she is, uh, you know, as I'm talking her through this kind of, you got to get on social media. Right. She's like very afraid of the vulnerability of social media because she didn't grow up with it. Right. You know what I mean? She would do so incredibly well on it. I know she'll mm. have no problems when she sort of just sees it for what it is, but it's this, l- she sees it in this really unique way mm-hmm. that I've never seen it where it's this sort of big scary obstacle mm. that leaves doors open for people to know parts of you that you don't want them to know right whereas I have always greeted the internet as a way for people to get to know me yeah. you know what I mean on my terms right which is something I greatly appreciate but the thing about kids is they mm. can't have their own terms because they don't right. even know what things like emotional regulation are they no. don't know their own brains they don't know like right just the mark that this is going to make in the internet forever right and part of being a kid you know I feel super grateful in a way that like social media did not come around until I was in college 
really. I mean, yeah. Facebook, I had an early Facebook account with a, you know, university email address. I was on MySpace, mm-hmm. Friendster. Mm-hmm. Even Friendster, I feel like that was probably when I was a freshman in, in college. I never did Friendster, but I had a I had a MySpace in middle school. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm 10 years older Early than you, on. so. Yeah. Um, and I feel like making mistakes is this huge and crucial part of brain development of becoming a person and making those mistakes in public um like well obviously you make those mistakes in public but making those mistakes online amplifies them so much and then you don't have any i mean let me put it this way say we were high school kids and I was, we were friends mm. and I talked to our friend over there and I was talking shit about you because that's the thing that high school kids do. Yeah. Constantly. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh, I MG, <laughs> you know what destiny said about you. Um, so that's like a three way, but like, um, th- a three way talking shit. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, like when I was in high school back in the old days, that happens. Friend over here confronts you and is like, destiny, you said what about me? Right. And you can be like, nothing. I plead the fifth. Or you can have a conversation. The internet makes it impossible to gaslight girl boss your mistakes away. No, you're right. Yeah. So like you could either have lied about it or you could have had a big fight or whatever, but it would have been temporary. Yes. Um, I don't even remember most of these things. I know that I had fights with lots of my friends and we're still like very close Mm -hmm. friends, but there were months that we didn't talk. There was part of sixth grade. One of my best, still best friends made me cry every day in, in humanities like that but we're still friends Mm -hmm. you know what I mean but um that was between me and her and like maybe two other people but like now I I know kids in high school and I see like that happens but it's like I'm saying this thing on TikTok someone else maybe I'm just saying on TikTok to you or or my small Mm -hmm. group of friends someone screen records it sends it to somebody else before you know Mm -hmm. it the whole school and beyond Mm -hmm. is in on this and now I mean everyone is bullying everyone and it's so much bigger. It feels almost, um, it feels like a avalanche. The way, all the ways that the internet have made our lives better, which is like an insurmountable uh, amount of better, right? right? You can Google a mole on your arm and decide if you need to go to the doctor. <laughs> go to the, go to the Frequently, doctor. I do that. Go to the doctor about your <laughs> wow. moles. Don't leave uh, it to that Google. That felt real but personal. <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying like, you know, it has made things so much easier in our everyday lives in a way that we can't even appreciate because we've had the internet around for so long right with every plus there is an absolute downfall of the internet it is such a treacherous place and it is so hard to forget that when we see the issues like that are going on with the franks right Right. now where somebody portrays this life Mm -hmm. for other people to look into on their terms yeah when behind the scenes something like legitimately allegedly sinister is going on right and also i think you know there is such a power in telling stories and Mm -hmm. and that is we we as humans that is we tell stories and that's how we exist that's how we create our identities and these are stories like a a family youtube vlog is a way that we are that they're telling a story and um it's a lie Mm -hmm. and we don't and you know like it's a absolute created fantasy of what their perfect life is i mean that's what these mormon mommy vlogs that i was obsessed with they mm-hmm. were these fantasies they were fantasies that were being created by the writers they're fantasies that we are 
um, absorbing. And even though it seems maybe harmless in some way, it's absolutely not harmless um, because the stories that we read and we consume create our identity. And I'm like looking at like, is this real? Is it, do people really live like this? Is, mm-hmm. am, what am I doing that's wrong as a mom now? Right. You know, um, or like, how am I like not this happy? Like I'm t- 28 and I'm just like living in San Francisco kind of like wild. And then these people are like married with three kids by this point. Like, and they seem so happy. Like, am I unhappy? Am I bad? Mm-hmm. And I think I like if these could have been honest stories, it would have been different, I think. And there were some honest blogs, but we can look at, you know, about Deuce. Do you know who Deuce is? I don't think so. Okay. Well, Deuce, I have her, her real name is Heather. Okay. Um, she was one of the, f- she wrote a blog about her office job that was like kind of trashing it. She was also a Mormon person from, um, but she's not m- religious anymore. Um, she sort of became one of the first mommy bloggers, the oh. real mommy blogger, Deuce is her name. And um, sorry, this is about to get super dark, but she killed herself like a couple months ago. Yikes. She was older than me. Um, she had been very honest about a lot of the struggles that she had. Like she had s- pretty severe alcoholism and um, yeah, look up Deuce. Um, Heather is her name. Heather Armstrong. Um, but I think she also had a different last name at a certain point. So anyway, I mean, and, and she was honestly, well, honestly and not honestly, right? Because she was sharing, she had this mommy blog about her kids. Um, then she and her husband broke up, which made people angry. You know, people think that they have right. like some sort of control over your life and, and they believe the narrative that they're reading. And then it's like, oh, suddenly you're getting a divorce. Like, I guess it wasn't as perfect mm-hmm. as you said it was and then turns out oh actually she was a really hardcore alcoholic most of this time she is really 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 suffering and at the end she said some like things about i think one of her kids is like non-binary or trans or something and she said some things that were not mm-hmm. cool you know yeah. and um anyway i don't know where i'm going with this but it's just that like the, the, the stories that we see are not it's not the truth but if you think is that real life it's not right right if you're thinking that and you think that sounds crazy that Mm -hmm. somebody could be that perfect that their house could be that perfect that Mm -hmm. their life could be that perfect it's because it's not right and that's okay um and but like we haven't even we're not ready or like we haven't had the education yet to be like just because this says it's reality doesn't mean it's reality. Mm-hmm. Reality TV isn't real. We know that. Right. But still plenty of people think that the Kardashians life is what you see on TV. And I'm sure it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, or like so much reality TV. None of it's real. It is a version of some kind of truth that is meant to sell something. Yep. If it's the Kardashians, it's products. If it's a mommy blog, it's um, like a heteronormative <laughs> lifestyle right. or or the Mormon church. Yeah. Um, if, and, and maybe I'm, I'm going to give like creative writing a little bit too much credit here or what we do. You know, there is, there is a difference between journalism, which our goal is to tell the truth. Right. That is our, that is it. Like it doesn't matter if someone comes out looking bad. That's how it is. This Mm -hmm. is the truth. We are trying to get as close as we can to the truth and tell a true story 
which can to be very uncomfortable, which can be is, mm-hmm. you know, frequently very uncomfortable and um, creative nonfiction, which is like actually you might say, well, that's less true than filming your kid or filming your life or whatever. But actually it is trying to get to the truth just when you like see a picture that's like one version of it but but when you you know actually try to create art to 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 get closer to the truth that's another way of getting Mm -hmm. to the truth you know and i think we aren't suspicious enough of the things we see and I don't know. We're probably going on too long here, but um, I think we were at before we started this. We were talking a little about the Hart family, which we all mm-hmm. in Oregon know yeah. a tragic story about um, Devonte Hart, who was um, you know there's a, this picture of him hugging a police officer, crying, and everybody was able to put on that picture their own ideas of what it meant, like oh, a black child hugging a white police officer, this beautiful transcendent moment, and then you know a few years later his moms killed him and his siblings by driving off of a driving their car off of a you know cliff Mm -hmm. and maybe looking at that picture what we were seeing was a kid who needed help right you know and maybe what we're seeing of these kids on youtube what we're seeing is kids who need help yeah you said to me while we were chit-chatting about this preparing for the pod like at what point do viewers become culpable yeah um and that's genuinely it like if you're not suspicious of people viewing your content on the internet but also the content that you're viewing on the internet you're doing a real disservice to yourself mm-hmm. and your kid if you're putting right. them on the internet i'm just gonna say it people yeah. might disagree mm-hmm. but um i also wanted to say when we were talking about that mommy blogger deuce yeah um if you or anybody you know are having a hard time you can call 988 that's the suicide yes uh, yes lifeline. absolutely um please don't be afraid to call they're there 24 hours uh, yeah. every single day just yeah. for the record yes call them but yeah it's just such a tricky thing there's no as we evolve mm-hmm. as kids have different you know um relationships with the internet I don't right. know why it was so hard for me to get out but like the term ipad kid wasn't a thing when i was a kid oh, yeah. or certainly well, when you no, were a yeah. kid you know what i mean so it's it's all changing and i'm not saying that there's like one avenue to take um no. to put your kids on the internet or not put them on the internet but d- the answer is not what ruby frank allegedly did no certainly not you know like there has to be something that isn't showing your shiny life and then allegedly abusing your child behind closed doors. Right. Right. I mean, I think like being critical, critically engaging with any medium. It is like you're saying, it's so hard because technology is changing so fast. And we were talking about like when we were kids, we, we were on the internet in ways our parents couldn't even comprehend. Right. And there are kids now it's the same. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the parents are behind. We are behind, you know? Um, so what can parents do i think is like give your children critical engagement skills we and it's not that much different from tv like we should be teaching kids to critically engage with anything that comes their way whether it's a a book a tv show a tiktok like is that real do does it feel real where does it come from what are the sources what is the goal you know i I think thinking about the goal of of any sort of media is super important because uh, a lot of the time people are trying to sell you products. Yeah. I think that's why I, I, though I was really prolifically on the internet from a really young age, I didn't end up in any bad situations because yeah. my mom, shout out to mom, yeah. taught me to engage with things critically, taught me yeah. to be suspicious of the people who were talking to me and the reason why they were talking to mm-hmm. me and not in like an everyone's a bad person kind of way. Right. I mean a little bit, but, <laughs> but I think it made me a better journalist, right? To yeah. be a critical 
finger. Totally. Yeah, I'm, I think that must have, I know that was a big thing too with my family. It's like, you know, the the tragic, sad reality of having a child is you're you're never going to be able to be in every situation and figure out the answer for them and you're never even going to know what those situations might be. So if you can teach them to critically engage no matter what the situation is, then you're giving them like skills right that can help in situations we can't even begin to comprehend and speaking of the internet i mean if you're looking for tools to have conversations with the kids about that there are lots of places lots of trusted places mm-hmm. to find that kind of stuff and um you know the internet can do good but as we're seeing right now in the incident uh, of you know ruby frank and jody hildebrand right. it can do a lot of harm as well yeah so yeah, it was not, not good for like kids. a bleak note, but like, yeah, yeah well, you know Jesus, what? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we have a serious why though, because literally why though? Literally why? It's though? so hard for me to, I know that there are people out there that, that, abuse, I, their children? that abuse their children. I just, it, I can't understand it. Yeah. You know, I do think the majority of people are trying really hard to do the best for their kids. It seems like that might not be the case here. Yeah. in this Ruby Frank situation. But I think like generally we're, I'm going to say we're all trying to do the best for our kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that means keeping them off the internet. Yeah. You can, you can do it. You can, whatever is best for you and your kids, you can do right. it. Just, I can't imagine the amount of effort oh, it God. takes. Yeah. But I mean, I know I'm like, right now I'm like, Shh, Tona will not have a phone till she's 18. <laughs> like, check back in with me. But you yeah. know, like <laughs> anyway, if you disagree with me, or you agree with me, or you just want to chat, or you're like, that Screaming was the void. a bit dark, yeah. Hacker and Johnson. Um, you can text uh, me <laughs> and uh. tell me that. Uh, just text advice to 503-751-8731, and then click on the link and subscribe today. First two weeks are free. Next week's after that, two ninety nine, pretty cheap. Maybe, yeah. Um, and if you're looking for more why though content, that isn't a bummer, but sometimes <laughs> has to do with the zeitgeist, AO, but also just general <laughs> advice you can use for your life. Go to www.organlive.com slash why though, W-H-Y-T-H-O. You can find old columns, new columns, old episodes of this very podcast you're listening to. Yeah. I was going to say, let's just like end on a positive note, Destiny. What's one thing you're looking forward to this week? Um, man, what am I looking forward to this week? Honestly, I'm looking forward to the weekend because I came home from Florida and didn't unpack at all. I made the mistake. I laid in my Ooh. bed and I didn't unpack. Mm-hmm. So I really, I'm looking forward to some um, late summer cleaning. I know that's Ooh. not very exciting, but I finished yeah. the book I was reading. So okay. that's what I was looking forward Ooh, to. I need most. a new book. Actually, if you have any book recs, just text me at yeah. <laughs> 503-751-8731. I'll take them too. Yeah, I need a new book. Um, What about you? I am just just planned a trip that i'm really excited about Mm -hmm. uh if you know my daughter please this is a secret yeah don't tell um but we're gonna go on a pretty fun trip i'm not even gonna say what it is i'm not even gonna say what it is (laughs) but i'm just saying you'll hear more about it i'm sure but i'm like pretty stoked i just planned a trip you know i don't know about you i'm a person who loves trips Mm -hmm. and i love to plan a trip um this I've actually now I have a couple trips planned and I just like love to plan them and like look where we're going to go and think I about them. And I, like, I have months to think about these trips and I'm so excited. I love that. Well, we hope you're excited about something. Thank you so much for listening. Um, check out the reader response about the screaming neighbor child that will be coming out Tuesday, Tuesday after this comes out on Thursday. And thanks so much for listening. Thanks. I'm so glad to be back with you. Me too. Yay. Thanks, guys. Bye. For listening to Why Though the Podcast, subscribe for weekly episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. 
If you're looking for more why though, check out my column that comes out every Tuesday on OregonLive.com. You can support our local journalism by going to OregonLive.com slash pod support.